Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Thursday, November 16th. Let's jump into today's top stories. FAU AD Brian White tells ESPN's Pete Thamel he has absolutely zero interest in the Tulane AD post, saying, I love everything about Florida Atlantic University and we are building something very special here. Michigan football head coach Jim Harbaugh has accepted the Big Ten's three-game suspension, and the league has agreed to close its investigation, ESPN's Heather Dinich reports. A statement from UM reads, in part, Coach Harbaugh, with the university's support, decided to accept this sanction to return the focus to our student-athletes and their performance on the field. The conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations. The university continues to cooperate fully with the NCAA's investigation. The Big Ten also released a statement noting the decision is indicative of the high standards and values that the conference and the university seek to uphold. The University of Michigan is a valued member of the Big Ten Conference, and the conference will continue to work cooperatively with the university and the NCAA during this process. Wolverine's OC Sharon Moore will again serve as interim head coach. The Washington Supreme Court has issued a temporary stay in the lawsuit between Washington State and Oregon State and the Pac-12 Conference's outbound members until the motion for an emergency stay can be ruled upon, the Mercury News' John Wilner reports. A document signed by Supreme Court Deputy Commissioner Wally Burton explains, during the pendency of this temporary stay, and until further order of the court, the temporary restraining order issued on September 11, 2023, shall remain in effect prohibiting the Pac-12 Conference Board of Directors from holding any board meeting and taking any action without the unanimous consent of all Pac-12 Conference members. Washington State and Oregon State are working to move forward as a two-team conference for as long as two years with the aid of a scheduling alliance with the Mountain West. According to the AP's Ralph Russo, even if a partnership with the MWC cannot be reached, the Pac-2 are still comfortable moving forward alone, however, Yahoo's Ross Dellinger reports the two sides are believed to be close to an agreement over terms. Though there are many scheduling models, the most likely is what's termed a 7 plus 1 format where Mountain West teams play 7 conference games, not 8, plus 1 game against either Washington State or Oregon State. They would rotate the game against either OSU or WSU home and away over the two-year cycle. Games against WSU and OSU would not count toward conference standings, and neither the Cougars nor the Beavers would be eligible to play for a conference title. Also from Dellinger, the agreement, expected to include a lucrative financial package for Mountain West members, is likely to feature a long-term commitment to the conference with an intent at a full merger beyond this two-year cycle. Part of the agreement includes a financial penalty that can be levied upon Oregon State and Washington State if the two programs attempt to acquire only a portion of MWC schools in the future. For now, the scheduling partnership is football only. The Athletics' Chantel Jennings underscores the potentially transformative impact of this women's college basketball season, observing the sport is at an inflection point and so many people within the game see it as such. The non-profit NCAA, which runs college football like a Fortune 500 company, has a chance to make an extra $100 million or so, presumably, if it brings women's hoops to market as a standalone entity. Coming into this season, NCAA President Charlie Baker should have been calling every top 25 coach to establish relationships and understand how they see the sport, where they see its fit within the ecosystem of American sports. The NCAA should have had a summit this summer with the biggest stakeholders in the game to figure out capitalizing on women's basketball this season. 
Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti should have a team studying how stars, specifically in women's college hoops, and, even more specifically, Caitlin Clark, are molded and made by exposure through social media and traditional media, and he should be preparing to apply those lessons to Ohio State's Cody McMahon and USC's Juju Watkins and whoever comes next to boost the Big Ten. However, there has been no summit, and there has been no study. A law firm engaged by Virginia Attorney General Jason Mears has sent a letter to the NCAA threatening legal action if James Madison's exclusion from bowl consideration in 2023 isn't reversed, ESPN's Pete Thamel reports. Mears notes, We are prepared to act on behalf of JMU in the unfortunate circumstance that JMU's request for relief is not timely approved. Specifically, JMU is prepared to promptly file a lawsuit in the Western District of Virginia asserting that the bowl ban violates the antitrust and, potentially, other laws. The letter goes on to assert that a potential lawsuit would prove an unreasonable restraint of trade in the market and cites the Sherman Act and Virginia Antitrust Act. Further, it argues that banning teams from the postseason during NCAA transitions is unnecessary from both a practical and legal perspective. Whether analyzed under a quick look or full rule of reason analysis, the end result is likely to be the same, the rule is anti-competitive, prohibiting more qualified teams from competing in bowl games to the advantage of incumbents in the market without any pro-competitive justification to support it. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Thursday, November 16. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.